I've got it all here. All right, it's footy and frothies. Time to get out the thing. <laughs> Forensic kit. Forensic kit. <laughs> and look back on what the hell went wrong for these teams. So we're going to get into our season reviews, which uh, Dag and Barney with you, if it's your first time yeah. on board, say hi. And uh, subscribe and do all that good stuff. But we're going to look back on the bottom five teams, what went right, what went wrong. I have challenged you to come up with a good news story or a good – Something positive from each team, at least. So when it's not just all doom and gloom, there'll be plenty of that along the way. Uh, and just see what, maybe, what hope there is for next year for some of these teams. My initial thoughts and uh, opening notes was, um, isn't it, we see how much of rugby league and so much as long as we've been doing this show, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same with, with especially these, probably three or four of these clubs in question. Unfortunately, Barn, but um, <laughs> what did you what did, what did your research said tell you, I guess, across the board? And then we'll get stuck in. We'll yeah, we'll just start. Up. Obviously, the, War- the West Tigers finished 17th. Uh, they played 24 games. They won four of those games, unfortunately. Lost 20 of them. Zero draws, three buys, which is uh, consistent uh, across pretty much every team in the comp. It's bar two <laughs> with, with the draw thrown in for the Knights and the Manly side. For and against was minus 290. Um I found a few discrepancies in the Fox Lab <laughs> across the way. Uh, for some reason, they seem to have missed a game for everyone for points four. So if you actually look down a bit further where I have... Yeah, for some reason, they've got 373 points four. And then when you go to and actually look at the points scored by the Tigers, it was 385, which is unusual. But, um, hmm. yeah. So I just so, the week off that week. Yeah, they were 17th overall for points scored, obviously. Um 621 points scored against, 17th again. An average of 16 points every game and 27 conceded, which is not a way you want to set up your season, unfortunately. Um, 75% completion, which was 12th in the league, which was probably one of their better parts of what they did. They did seem to control the middle of the field in a lot of their games during the year, which um, led to a 88% tackle efficiency, which is better than a lot of other teams yeah. that finished a lot higher than they did during the year. Um, I started with some um, some some negative stats to start with, just to try and lead into some <laughs> a bit of positive stuff Thanks, a little bit further down the line. But, but um, look. yeah, the, that that was basically the tail of the tape. They they didn't score anywhere near enough points, and that was a, a constant theme of our discussions during the year. They yeah, and, and uh, congratulations on being uh, the first team in modern history to go further down the ladder from a wooden spoon. <laughs> Look, the, the Tigers season, you look back on it and it sort of existed in three parts. The first six or seven games was when they were dominating field position, looked like they should be going well, couldn't score points. Yep. Then they had that little six-week period where Brooks uh, came, Luke Brooks came good, Appy was fit, uh, everyone was on the field and they put they probably should have won probably six in a row nearly at yeah. four out of the five or six. Then Brooks got injured again and it all just fell off a cliff and went to shit. Um, I think they were, they were fourth on the – this sums up the season – is that they were fourth on the opposition play the ball – most fourth on the play the ball in the opposition 20 list. Yep. Behind Panthers, Warriors and Canberra. Right. Um, 
and finished last in the tries. So they got into the so right, right spot. They spent lots of time getting in the right spot. I thought their forwards, by and large, were very good all year. Mm-hmm. Um, Correct. Attack was the issue. Simple as that. Uh, and laid back in the year of defence. But um, they went, you know, injury didn't help. There was um, they had eight different halves combinations, maybe more. Uh, and most of them weren't first. Well, let's be brutally honest, weren't first, up to first grade no. half standard. Yeah. I think Brooks and Dewey only had three games together from memory. Uh, and Appy missed a couple of them. Uh, look, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Uh, watching. What did you? Well, yeah. What are your takeaways initially? Um, mate, it's exactly what you said there. Uh, they they just failed to have anyone that was able to set up a, a structured attack to be able to break open the, the defensive line for um, you saw how many times that they cruised down through the middle of the field got themselves into the opposition half and then the ball just died at an edge constantly time and time again for a team that has had this many 20 we talk we wrap Penrith about how they don't have a lot of setup plays yes Tigers have five setup plays every, every <laughs> correct <time. laughs> and then if someone drops a ball or kicks out in the full or gets tackled in a corner. There's no in-between. There's no. I don't know what the creativity is. When it does look creative, it's in slow motion. The best they looked was when Stafford went on a bit of a tear there and he looked like one of the better centres in the comp. Oh. And basically they were just feeding him and he, he was the one that was breaking open defences and scoring tries. But a lot of that came off his own bat with um, mm. footwork and pace and a um, bit of physicality. Uh, Handling errors, they were the worst in the competition. So they ran first in handling errors, 241, uh, which was, you know, there's only five more than the Broncos, but the Broncos have played a couple of extra games as well. So um, penalties, like in other areas of discipline, like penalties conceded, they finished 11th with 133. Like that, that's pretty good for a team that's ended up running last. That mm. There's six other teams that were... Well, much worse at it giving away penalties. Unfortunately, 90% of those would have been piggybacks out of the opposition 10 metre as well. <laughs> ineffective tackles. They ran last in ineffective tackles. So they were the best team at um, tackle efficiency, which doesn't lead to you thinking that, you know, that, <laughs> that they ended up running last. But you know, it's, it's something that, that does say something about their discipline and the middle of the field being strong enough to be competitive against opposition teams. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it gets um, missed tackles again. They ran uh, 12th on average with 33 missed tackles a game. Um, they made, you know, they, they made their tackles. They did did all that kind of stuff. But line break assists, two and a half a game last. Um, try assists last with an average of 2.2 a game. Uh, you, you can't break the opposition twice a game and expect to win yeah. games of footy. So. Yeah. Look, they... <laughs> I'll temper this a little bit by saying, in my humbly unbiased opinion, they probably, with even luck and decisions, probably win another four games. There was two against Canberra. They probably should have won. The Manly game, they nearly should have caught the Bulldogs. Yep. Nearly beat Para, uh, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. And then it's a little bit you know, more optimistic. But ultimately, uh, how do you have faith? I struggle to have faith in where the club's going. That said, um, let's get to some positives. Uh, actually, just the other thing I want to mention, what, and this probably won't get mentioned anywhere else, but one of the catalysts for where they fell in a hole, and I, I actually called for it before it happened, was them moving Bateman to the middle of the field. 
they were very good up till then. Bateman was handling the edge, yep. uh, doing a mountain defence, looked creative. They moved him to lock for about a month and it shut Bateman down. It, it sort of half exposed him through the middle and it just massively exposed the edge, like Kapoa, Kapoas and Talaus of the world. Um, and that's where they just got hammered throughout the season. Uh, hindsight, obviously, being 2020, I wish they hadn't have done that. But at the time, yes, when you're missing Dewey, Dewey, you're missing Brooks, you're missing any creativity. I don't, I don't necessarily begrudge it. I understand the thinking. But um, I thought that was a catalyst. And then from there, it was downhill. Um, yeah. Well, as you mentioned, line breaks again, uh, four, four line breaks a game. And then, you know, two tries <laughs> off the back of four line breaks. Leads you to the worst attack in the comp, which is what they ended up being with um, 60 goals and 66 tries. Bateman was probably one of their better players. For that wasn't the a, of the no year. means um, that a That, was, it, a, that did, was a wrap on Bateman. Did strengthen up their middle of the field because yeah. they, they were midfield when it came to mm. you know missed tackles and. Yeah. Um, in no way was that knocking Bateman. It was the fact that it weakened a strength. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And because he was creating a few opportunities yeah. on, on on that edge when he was going searching, running on that that angle that he runs inside and outside to provide yeah. the ball to other players. Um, some of their better players, Bateman, as you said, <laughs> he probably made a few of those tackles when he was in the middle of the field. But he was their top tackler with seven hundred and seventy-two, mm-hmm. which was fifth, twenty-fifth uh, out of the. Uh, out of the entirety of the competition, Wakeham somehow managed to be their top point scorer with 62 points, 27 goals. Um, Stafford Toa with seven tries, but he wasn't in the top 50 if, you go, if you're looking for, for that. They're, again, line breaks, try assists, no one in the top 50. Uh, post-contact metres, David Clemmer, ninth on the list uh, with uh, 1,278 post-contact metres. Um, yeah, because I want to try and take a couple of positives and That's David Clem was positive. 100% one yeah. he ran over 3,000 metres for the year yep uh, and incredibly uh, as my thing the biggest stat if this ticks over he made 513 tackles and missed 8 tackles all year wow which is incredible absolutely uh, so I, I think he, he you know wouldn't necessarily call it by the ring but he has been fantastic uh, his effort every week, I can't fault. Played every game, uh, I think. Might have one for suspension. Um, and I just thought he was outstanding. He ran for 3,300-odd yeah. metres as well. A um, couple of the other ones, Tackle Bus Junior Tupu was your highest tackle buster with 84, but that was 30th out of you know the competition. So you really need a couple of guys up, up in the top of that list. Um Appy missed the second most tackles, but he made a shit ton as well. So that's Who missed sort of the most, Reed? Relative, yeah, Reed yeah. missed the most with 100, 107. Um, Junior Tupu made the, uh, made 27 errors, which is not great, obviously. Uh, 27th. It's still only 27th out of the, you know, out of the competition. Hmm. When you look at some of the teams, I think the Sharks had three blokes inside the top 10 with handling errors. Reese Walsh from the Broncos was the leader. Hmm. And they're they're about to play off to get into the yeah. grand final, so um, yeah, stats can be pretty relative when you when you look at that kind of stuff. Um, Isaiah Papali, by the back end of the year, really started to come good. Um, it, it did take a while to get going, which was probably a little disappointing as a Tigers fan, I would imagine. Yeah, um, probably took him about half the season before he really got into stride. But um, back end, he was almost our best player, to be honest. Apart from the obvious, there was a couple yeah, of games yeah. he had where he was. 
our most dangerous point of attack. Yeah, especially towards the back end yeah. of the year. In terms of the Dragons game there and a couple of those. Uh, Dream Buller, the Dream with uh, kick return metres. He was 10th in the list with almost 1,000 metres, 964. But he did make um, make 24 handling errors as well, which wasn't great. But he he added a spark like nothing else. Well, he was the spark that talk this about, side needed. You're talking about positives. To me, there's the, yeah. the four big ones. We mentioned Bateman. We mentioned Clamour. Clamour, I wanted to hammer because I think it's... No, it's a little bit underrated. And then Appian Bull. Look, Bull is potentially a star in the making. He's been named as the Fijian fullback, I believe. Yep. For these internationals coming up. So I hope that is another learning experience well, for Well, Clemmer was one of the better forwards for the entirety of the year. Yeah. I mentioned it last year when he was at Newcastle. And yeah. just the way he goes about going through his work, he doesn't have the shit in him that he used to have in him yeah. where he was Far giving away it, actually, yeah. a whole heap of penalties yeah. and doing stupid shit in the middle of the field. Um, he was the ultimate professional again and just got through his work. You mentioned Bateman, Papa Lee by the end of the year was starting to come good. So hopefully if you a good preseason, get him started off next year, something to work around. The big the biggest problem for the Tigers is they've got issues in pretty much their entire spine apart from fullback. Mm. With the young kid and the young kid as well is someone who's probably not gonna be great all the time. Well, I just wanna I wanna mention Buller because like he's starting to make him, but he does have a Bit of a stink of second-year syndrome if things don't go right. Possibly. Um, especially given they're about to offer him lots of money for a long time. But I hope he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just saying it's, yep. you know, you want to see him do it again. Uh, and Appy, when he was on the field, was fair. Like, I, I dread to think of a world where Appy Coruscant wasn't his Tigers team because they would have all of those stats. Yeah, well, he would have won three of them. He would have won three of them games yeah. out of the four. That and then a couple we lost. A, a couple we got real close in. He was their best player by a long way. Uh, yep. He... I think in, in the in the Wooden Spoon team, he almost cemented himself as the best hooker in the comp yeah. um, f- from from that situation. And I just want to wrap him. Oh, you give him another five or six games, he would have been in. If the he didn't break the if he didn't break his draw when he did, yeah. they prob- when they were actually full of had a bit of momentum. But even as a team running last, he still would have been in the conversation for best hooker in the game. Yeah, <laughs> and he still That's wasn't right. far off it, even though he only played what. Close to half a season. Yeah. But, so um, so that, then that crawled everything. Uh, yeah. In terms of flops, and like for next year, look, there's severe issues. Um, I guess the other thing we're going to talk about in each one of these is how we fix a joint for all these clubs mm. or what might change for next year. A lot of fixing. Uh, a lot of fixing. But where I would actually start is the outside backs. I, yeah. uh, I've disappointed until I was going, but even Stafford Tower had those three hot games and then. Wasn't phenomenal. Faffed Other than that, yeah. Uh, Kapoa, we know, uh, and we haven't seen a lot of. Uh, I assume Josh Felladay gets first crack next year. You would think so. Uh, Tristan Riley was open. I think Junior Tupu is worth pursuing. Tupo, I'd pursue, and yeah. they did miss Charlie Staines, who was good. The times when he did play, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So if he's right, there's a little bit there, but that's where I'd almost be. I'd almost be looking for a strike centre. I think Dewey. Has to go back to centre. Yeah, there's defensive if, issues there still, as well. But he's a, almost a year away anyway. That's right. It? So we live in a world where I'm not treating Adam Dewey as it. Look, well, I, I like the signing of Ad, of Aiden Caesar. I think that gives what gives we've needed structure, stability, a structure, a, a halfback that's going to run to the line, kick the left foot boot. Um, smart player, seasoned player. It's what we needed. If only you know we had someone like Jackson Hastings that could have. Done that. Um, Sullivan's got a bit of spark, and we'll see what Fainu brings to the table. Uh, the other Fainu was impressive. Um, yeah. Time we saw when him at Manly. Yep. So, um, look, no issues with signings. The problem is, uh, not a problem, this is a positive, but the Tigers will make it a problem, 
um, in the fact that more than half of their squad is under 23. Uh, and there's one, two, three. There's seven players under the age of 20 right. in the top 30, already in top yeah, 30 yeah, for next yeah, year, yeah. including Lachlan Galvin, Fainu, De Silva, Philadelphia, et cetera, et cetera, Madamua. That's a good thing. But can you trust it? What my concern is, can you trust the Tigers have patience? Um, I can see with where Benji gets sacked freaking 12 rounds in and they all just, you know, and then we're all back to square one again. I think they need to, uh, I hope they have the patience to back Benji for two and three years and say, look, we're not going, f- we're going somewhere, but not quickly. Yep. And then you, you see what happens if Newcastle, it happens to some of these teams, you get a bit of confidence, they all of a sudden knock one off and they can get a bit of wind in their sails, but it is the Tigers and I struggle to have that confidence. Stefano was one of my um, disappointments, to be honest. I would agree with um, that. He, ever since he got, you know, brought into the, the squad, he was going quite well up until Origin time and then after Origin he basically disappeared until the last, what, maybe three games? I think he, he had a pretty good impact in the last three games that they played at the back end of the year, but um, I was really expecting him to go much further than develop much further than he did this year. Doesn't mean he can't do it next year, but um, they need two front rowers. They need um, another probably starting starting forward and a, a reserve forward to come on and keep up that kind of tempo that they put out at the start of the game because they really fell away when they started digging into the, mm. the reserve forwards uh, for the Tigers. And they need some structure around the middle of the field with their ball playing and their kicking game. Yeah. Um, at times, Luke Brooks looked like a genius. So there was about a six-week run there where he looked um, like the best he's played in the last 10 years. And then, once again, he disappeared off the face of the earth and became the guy that sort of runs sideways, gets belted, and doesn't want to play footy anymore. So, Yeah. We'll see. Like I said, there, there's something. There's a kernel of something, but I, unfortunately it's in the wrong nursery sometimes. Uh, Chris wrote in and said uh, in terms of the Tigers... As a long tigering, uh, sixty a Tigers supporter around sixty years. Um, if they can keep the spine together for an extended period, they should go a long way getting off the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, what four... spine? <laughs> well, we're starting from scratch. <laughs> you are starting from scratch. Uh, well, you got to say in fairness, Appy and Buller are at least half a spine. Yeah, half. A spine. Uh, and Caesar is three quarters. So, you know, maybe so that, you got to see means. what he comes back like. Uh, Tigers have forward patched to match anyone in the comp. They need to keep Staines on a wing and find another winger. Uh, move Tupo and two of the centres. Uh, no idea what happened to Naden, which is fair comment because he actually looked right at the start of the year. Uh, there's always next year, but we always run out of next years. Um, they Naden shoulder surgery is a wing spot. Alex Lobb from the Dragons, who I believe is on the radar, who's a seven-foot winger. So, And it's not a bad shout. They could probably use a, a, a seven-foot winger, just someone, if nothing else, to bomb to. But that is uh, anything else to add on the Tigers? We'll move on to the Dragons, who finished fifth, sixteenth this year, uh, and in a lot of games, I thought uh, they lost their coach halfway through yep. um, with Hook getting the ass. But from the squad they had on paper and we where we saw them lined up, I thought they overperformed in a lot of games. I thought even when Hook was there, they were getting he was getting. Probably the Something. best he could have out of the squad, I believe. Uh, there was nine games they lost by six points or less. So, and, and 
Uh, that's a big that's one. A, that that big turns swing. around a season, especially like you look at Canberra, how many games? But they would have won 12 games by six points mm-hmm. or less, maybe more. Yeah. <laughs> and that ended up getting them up into the top eight yep, and absolutely. had them sitting in the top four for a big part of the mm-hmm. season. So, um, yeah, it's a, that's a massive swing around. Um, won five out of their 24 games, lost 19, minus 199 for and against. Um, again... They averaged, uh, where am I, sorry, averaged 20 points for, 27 against. Again, they were one of those teams that uh, with the, the sort of the one percenter stuff, they, they were middle of the road for handling errors and, uh, you know, the, the detrimental things in and around ineffective tackles and and that kind of stuff. But um, just another one that just could not score points. Um Errors finished tenth on average, middle of the road. Uh, ineffective tackles tenth. Penalties conceded eighth. Like they're they're good signs for a team, but their biggest problem for mine was their forward pack. They mm. were completely dominated at times, and it was just um, lone efforts from Jack DeBellin or Blake Laurie that really seemed to get them uh, controlling, diff- like putting them into a position where they they could be a a threat at the back end of games. Some of their um, like their centers were deplorable. I don't know how many times I saw the ball get out to the likes of Suli and Lomax, and just things just completely stopped. Like well, they just games where Suli completely fucked like, up. Couldn't catch a ball in front of his face, <laughs> yeah. let alone anything else. Um, they didn't. They didn't have the biggest forward pack. Uh, the, the, the other concern at start here is that Hook had no faith in any youngsters, and it's pretty like you know he kept going back to Hunt, kept going back to Mumbai. And the first thing Ryan Carr did was when he got in charge was you know yeah, ship, all the ship and buy out of through. the out of the country, um, <laughs> but that was a detriment to a lot of them. Holding on to Kerr for too long, uh, blokes like that. It was this year they got rid of Kerr, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Um, and that stagnated the start of the year. Uh, and then the, the other note, as you just said, the the rocks and diamonds from the outside back. Sloan at his best, yeah, he could be a Reese Walsh. Level player well, has a skill. I shouldn't say it, but it has a skill set similar. Pace off a mark, um, can break, can place direct, Elusive. or yeah. or um, or Pass swing the game out the back. Has up a, there, but yeah. true, uh, and probably kicking game actually. But similar vein of skill set, uh, but we don't see it enough. Or he's just completely missing, or wandering well, around his bum. Kick return like, meters. They were last yeah. in the entire comp with 140 kick return meters. Yeah. Like. You look at someone like Dylan Edwards, he's making that in the first half an hour of the game, <laughs> returning kicks that, yeah, right. you know, kick down to your fullback. So does that speak of laziness? Uh, uh, no enthusiasm for being in the position. Uh, run meters, second last for run meters. Yeah. That just tells you that they were dominated in the middle of the field because a lot of your run meters obviously come uh, with that continual 10 or 15 minutes through, uh, 10 or 15 meter uh, runs from your forwards through the middle of the field and you just add them up over time, obviously. Um, line breaks, which goes hand in hand, being, you know, not being able to score enough tries. They did make, you know, they were 11th for tackle bus, so to breaking 33 tackles a game. like, And that's good enough to get you into position to be able to do something. But again, they didn't have the players in that in that spine that were able uh, to catch And that was Sloan, Sully, Ravalawa led that all yeah. in the 70s with them, yeah. Yeah, hundred um, percent. 
Post-contact metres, another one. They ran third last in post-contact metres, so it just tells you that their forward pack was getting constantly dominated most weeks, in week in, week out. Like, Yeah. But coming away from stats in general, what was it? They didn't really have a direct style of play. It was sort of Ben Hunt. It was either Ben Hunt show at their best, and they won. Mm. They did beat yeah, yeah. Um, Titans, Knights and Bunnies. But even a lot of that was short kicking and short passing. Mm. It wasn't... I mean, there, was two games, there was two games they should have won in the last minute and they went to crash play instead of actually anything else. Yeah, it wasn't uh, combining with other people. It was short passes off a shoulder or mm. a, a grubber in behind for someone to, to dive on with, where the opposition fullback or centre or wing is out of position. Um, yeah. So that doesn't lead to, you know, a, a fluent attacking uh, position from the, the Dragons and that was basically their problem for the entirety of the year. There was nobody apart from Ben Hunt that was really offering any sort of um, threat towards the defensive line. Yeah. So, um, and he really packed it in towards the back end of the yeah, year Yeah, he didn't want well, to be there for the last so. six or seven weeks. Um, what did the Unites have next? Oh, not a great deal there. There's some of the uh, individual efforts. Lomax was actually 12th for, for points with 142 points. 57 goals. Ravalawa was probably their standout for mine. Uh, 21 yep. tries in, I think he only played 20 matches. Seven. Well, he was my um, shining light, I guess, for lack of well, good news story of the year, but something positive, the resurgence of him. Yeah, seventh, seventh in line breaks, seventh in tries. Um, post-contact metres were sorely out on the edge, mm-hmm. but the, all, a lot of that came, obviously, as well, through the dummy half stuff that he did, which was which was something, but they, they, they really did not. They, there was no... No um, attack that was providing anything no. decent for the for the dragons. Look, in terms of, uh, I guess, yeah, the, the good news stories, as I said, the resurgence of Ravalawa. He was someone burst on the scene. Little did a pretty um, good job at dummy half. And for him to come back and do what he's done and score twenty plus tries in this team, uh, and a lot of that was his own bat, the hat trick yeah. and the four the four point the four time he got was um, the ball. It was all his own stuff. And yeah. it's been a gift that wingers. I agree. Little was pretty good. He didn't get. It was a weird stop and start year for him. He had Made a couple a lot of really tackles, good games. Had some good off, meters. Um, good for a try. Um, and Debell and Laurie obviously worked their asses off here. Oh, they were the yeah two of their better players for long parts of of the year. Debell won on a stretch of about eight or ten games where he was yeah one of the better forwards in the comp. They yeah. just leading the the Dragons back, and then I think he copped an injury or a suspension for a couple of weeks, and then Laurie yeah, seemed the, um, to take over towards the back end of the year. There's a suspension in there for either a head slam or something. Hip like drop, that. Or hip, something. might have been hip drop. Yeah. Um, well, he, he was all bad in New South Wales. If it wasn't for the bad PR, he would have been in New South Wales team. Yeah. Now, what does? And I don't, actually, the other positive was I liked the injection that Ryan Carr put in it with your Couchmans and um, absolutely and uh, Russell, Dan, Dan Russell, Russell yeah. Dan Russell, the back end of the year. They, 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 they there's something there. There's there's something to work with there. What does Shane Flanagan as a coach bring to a squad like this? You've obviously supported a team that won a comp under well, him. Di- discipline and fitness were the two things that seemed to be the, the highest order when he was in control of the Sharks. Cronulla were close to the fittest team in the comp when he was when he was in charge of Cronulla for the the three years three four years that he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, a definite game plan. Like there there was a. I know we we had Maloney there at the time as well, which did have a big part of you know setting up what they were doing, and adding a little bit of flair on the outside of it. But there was always a direct plan of exactly what was you know. 
It was the the one two punch in the middle, and then it was a explore both edges, and then the kick. You know, if if there's not a if there's not something that you can see, you kick to the edges, and then you just work and work and work. Uh, biggest thing for mine was yeah, work ethic, worth ethic, work ethic and fitness that yeah. Flanagan brought to the Granola side. What do they need for next year apart from a coach? They got Flanagan and I think Hamis La coming in, which I guess adds some size to the middle. Um, I don't know what Flanning's is going to as a hooker or a 5'8", maybe. I don't Probably know. Probably a 14, I would imagine. A 14. Do they need, you know, I suppose Sullivan's going. Little should be given a proper crack at nine, so I can't imagine he's going to be hooker. I imagine he's going to Flanning end up in the halves or at least shadowing a half. Um, what changes for him next year? They need some size and some pace in the middle of the in the middle of that forward pack. Mm. They really need to be able to get some some quicker play of the balls because a lot of the time they're very stagnant in the middle of the field. Whereas, yeah, you can make a eight or ten meter run through the middle of the field, but if you're getting slow play of the balls, the next bloke's only making four or five meters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some fitness and and pace in some of the the, the forwards um, that definitely need some size. Like they they were they were a small pack. They were the smallest pack in the comp. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, that that was that bore out the way they were dominated through the middle of the field for a long part of it. And um, Ben Hunt needs a foil. If if it's not Ben Hunt, then they're going to need obviously two 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 halves. But whether that's um, whether that's Sloan becoming more involved in the play with the the wraparound plays on the outside edges and bringing in bringing in the likes of Lomax and Sully to be able you know because on their day they're they're fantastic ball in hand. Uh, no matter what deficiencies they've got in defence, but they they can stand blokes up one on one or just bury straight over the top mm-hmm. of them if given given enough opportunity. But I don't know. I, I can't see the Dragons really finding a way out of the bottom four for the next couple of years. To be honest, no. without uh, I think they need a basically half the side overhaul. I'm just look, I'm just looking actually. But. Telegraph have put up today. Uh, all the off-contract players and just whipping through quickly. Someone, and if anyone jumps out, yeah, Grant Anderson, maybe someone like that. I mean, you're only talking about bench players for bench players, but um, there is a clean-out going on at the Seagulls. Bailey Sirenen. Yeah, there's not a lot around, is there? But um, they need the likes of a, a Kamakamika, Stefano-type size and pace through the middle of the field with a bit of an offload. Um, Little's probably okay to work off the back of that, but they also, yeah, they need another half. They yeah. need... Um, there's a long road ahead. There's, there's a lot that the Dragons need. And you're going to finish on with this scene? Like, unfortunately, they were 15th, probably rightfully so, and they're probably going to be 15th again next year. Well, 16th. 16th, again, so. yeah. I wouldn't surprise if they slipped to 17th, to be honest. Um yeah, I think the the roster needs a big overhaul. Whether they've got juniors coming through, you, well, you never know. They do have but the second or third the, biggest. They've got the two Couchmans coming through who did look mm. good. Dan Russell, which adds a bit of, um, you know, a little bit of. Uh, the, there there is a bit of pace there. Those three guys yeah. did seem to have a bit of pace and a bit of strength coming in through the the, the pack. Add that with Laurie and um, Jack DeBellin, they might be competitive in the middle of the field, but. What happens outside? The, the the link men are the the crucial parts for these guys. Yeah, yeah. six, seven, and one is a is a crucial aspect for the dragons going forward. Try not to be all doom and gloom, but that seems pretty gloomy to me, to be honest. <laughs> Just and uh, I had the chance to go down the rail too, and he didn't push it. And it fucking, 
you just sat on it and then the gap closed and yeah. you're just like oh I can't the go the hole was there just fucking run through it <laughs> yeah we were talking about Antino after I've press record there I can't be bothered editing Oopsie. that out but um, <laughs> it was a, a sick watch for um, <sighs> any backers of Antino on Saturday anyway it was a sick watch for Bulldogs fans a lot of this year as well to be honest absolutely it look was. they came in this year with um, some high hopes yeah. high hopes a hyped coach the most hyped coach in the comp yep who's now Probably going to be the most under pressure coach in the comp, given Gus's attention span sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, what were the key stats? What what do we make of this Bulldogs team? And again, what's really going to change when it's all said and done? Well, they managed to win seven games. I think that's three years in a row. They've won six or seven games, unfortunately, which has kept them in this same spot. 17 losses, minus 331 for and against, which was um, pretty close to the worst, I think. Out of everyone, they did cop a couple of slaughters at the back end of the year, which didn't help that for and against. But, um, yeah, average 17 points, 431 against. The um, yeah, completion wasn't great. Tackle efficiency, again, for one of these teams down the bottom of the ladder was actually not too bad. Um, handling errors, they were seventh with 224, which is a pretty good stat considering how badly they finished at the back end. Third on penalties conceded as well. So they didn't give away that many penalties, but they were just absolute. This was probably the team with the, like they got obviously injuries, consistent injuries to blokes in the middle of the field and teams just lined up week in and week out to just run through the middle of this yeah. Canterbury forward pack. <laughs> like, yeah. No matter how much skill and whatever they had on the edges, um, kick out was out for a big part of the year. Um, but... Like they, they had guys who could score points if given opportunities out wide. Obviously, the opportunities weren't provided enough, but teams just lined up to take on this forward pack week in, week out. This yeah. These guys and St. George were the two teams that were basically whipping boys for pretty much every other team in the comp in the middle of the field. They I just actually didn't mention in, uh, in the Dragons review, when we talk about pot plants, uh, Matt Fainé, Played every game, I believe, every yep. minute, and scored four tries all year <laughs> and one try assist. Made a shit ton of errors. Um, um, so if, yeah. if we're looking for an actual pot plan of the year, um, I guess there's the flower power award. <laughs> um, but back to the board, I should have read that. But um, they did. And, and, and the problem, like, at the back end of this year, they had, um, like, Ockenball playing in the middle, blokes like that, that... Uh, Yep. For for better or worse, they, their squad advantage was pretty ordinary. Um, they lost the bloke who you can do your own mouse. Apparently didn't want to be there after the wrestling thing, but he was a middle forward. Uh, was. And losing Luke Thompson four game only played four games. Uh, yeah, it was it was a hard slog um, for them. And that that was a story that that was pretty much tailor tape. There, there was um, everything else. You you can't. Um, fault too much or Case Perham didn't fill the boots I think Seraldo thought he was going to but you could say that about the rest no, but he, he wasn't bad um, if you want to go and have a look at kick return metres he was 13th which is you know much better than the position they finished well not much better but he, you know he was better than where they finished on the ladder but some of these stats run metres last like 1500 a game um, dummy half they did quite well obviously with uh Read there, but try assist second last, um, line break assist third last. They just did not provide 
any opportunity for some of these outside backs. And some of these guys out there, like um, Fox was in fantastic form there for mm -hmm. a, a good six or eight week period in and around Origin. Karaz was probably their best player for the entirety of the year. Um, made shit tons of metres running out of dummy half and just getting involved, doing all sorts of stuff that most wingers don't really want to get too involved in doing. Uh, and looked good when given opportunities when he was playing at centre and wing, but just, you know, obviously the, the, the opportunities were few and far between because they were just on the back foot constantly. Yeah. Um, the other shining light, well, the, the other shining light we haven't really mentioned is two, and um, one was in contention for Rookie of the Year, is uh, Jacob Preston. Yeah, absolutely. Absolute workhorse. Brilliant. To, to use the cliche, embodies what a Bulldogs forward should be doing. Yeah. Gets in, you know, gets in, does the dirty work, you know, the Andrew well, Ryan. I think style. they came out before a ball was kicked and said he was a um, well, he a started, Josh he Jackson started, clone. Yeah, and, and he, he came out and proved started, to be himself didn't he a round, Josh game Jackson one, round clone. One, he started yeah. and basically came from there. Uh, Max King tailed off at the back end of the year. Yeah. It was a tough year for him, um, yeah. having to be the only. It's a little bit of a smaller forward. Yeah, but, and um, it's does plenty he, he did of spend a bit of time at lock. I don't quite. He's not quite a link. Lock, no, so I don't look, quite know doesn't look that way. where he no. fits long-term if you chart getting some bodies around him. TPJ was just as big a myth as he's always been. And <laughs> um, they didn't kick out. ended up not playing again. I can't, so. You can't really judge kick out on this year, but his return at the back end was left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I think he had like two good games in a row and then just tailed off pretty poorly at the back end of the game. A couple other ones there, post-contact metres, they were last, line breaks, they were last, mm. but... It just all adds up to just a, a team that just was not going forward at all. I hate to call him a flop, but what did you make of Reed Marnie's season? He came there as essentially the Queensland hooker. Yes. Uh, and all the spruik and, and the biggest signing of the year and came into captain. I, I'm not going to say he played badly. Mm. Did you expect more? Did he do as well as he did? I mean, he, well, a, the, he features pretty heavily if you go and have a look at the the individual player stats in in this um, in this team. Missed tackles first, hundred and thirty one tackles made fifth with nine hundred eighty six. So he obviously got through plenty of defensive work, but um, kicked a couple of forty twenties, which did come in handy at times. Uh, but um, yeah. First in penalties given away. Gave away 22 penalties this mm. year. <laughs> you wouldn't expect that out of a dummy half. No. You expect that out of you know one of the front rowers. Handling errors, made 24 handling errors. Ineffective tackles, he was fourth on the list for ineffective tackles. As well as missed tackles, even though, you know, obviously it correlates with him being the bloke who's in, made in more there, tackles yeah. than anywhere else. And, but and, and I get that it's hard work when the only bloke tackling drops in the field. a lot um, of tackles. But I know what you're saying. Um... <laughs> Didn't add as much to their attack the, as I thought he would. Um, the 40-20s were probably a, a, a big advantage of his, but it makes it very hard for your dummy half to be effective out uh, to test the ruck when there's nothing else really sort of happening in and around there. So I think if they can if they can get on that front foot more often than or even at a 50-50 advantage, I think you'll see him become that player that we all thought he was going to be at the back end of last year. But he was very stifled with how slow their their pack was just probably the slowest in the comp. Mm. Like they just did not get on the front foot. They were constantly just getting bashed through the middle. So Yeah. Another team that... It was disappointing, though, considering the how well he went at Parramatta the year before. It's a funny thing because he was always going to be that more creative player than what he had 
shoveling balls to Moses and and Brown, but ultimately there's probably not much un- and not not there's anything wrong with that. Ultimately, there's probably not many layers to the onion. No. But with a good half, I think he, he, that would suit him better. He can just pick his point to kick his forty twenties and. Yeah, well, there's very little structure in the Bulldogs' attack. That's it. it was um, <coughs> it was a. It was a couple of runs through the middle and then they'd test one edge and then when that didn't work, they'd put a bomb up mm. or kick for field position. And, and, there was and never that a, sort of swing back to the way. other side and try the uh, try anything else. It was one, one, two shots and that was it. I've spoken to Nesbis for a couple of years now. Yes, Burton's got the most terrifying bomb in the game. What does, what does does If you land his kicking game up against the top five other kickers in the comp, it's not within daylight of DCE, of, Mo, of Mitch Moses, of Field Nathan position. Cleary, uh, of yeah. Adam Reynolds. Short kicking's in, kicking in at the line was very um, very poor, really. Uh, yeah. Didn't really seem to create a lot of options. Of Sean Johnson, even. Yeah. yeah, with with grubbers or chip kicks in behind the line. Uh, his long kicking was more just kick to a, a chunk in the field so it doesn't go out on the full <laughs> rather yeah. than, you know, any sort of precision behind yeah. his kicks. Just kick it as hard as you possibly can and try to land it in a certain part of the field. So. Look, the hope for them, if we look to next year, is the having a pre-season with Toby Sexton, who's a good organising half, does have a few more strings to his bow. Especially in the kicking um, department. In the kick, yep. Yeah, as a kicker. Has a decent enough running game. So, um, Boyle Wright should be a first-grade half, I think, at least in a team like this, more than capable. Stephen Crichton arrives there. They, getting, need, uh, they need forwards, man. Uh, uh, they need to I be able to bend the fish line. announced, but Takiyaho is on the way. Mentioned that he's on they, the way. Yeah. They, they need him. Yeah, oh, 100%. They need two they of They need him. four of him. Yeah, so <laughs> that's still a long way back. Uh, because if you do start bending the line and getting the opposition on the back foot, I do think that Reed comes in yeah. and becomes a bigger part to play. But yeah. without like, they, they very rarely did I ever during the year think that the the dogs forward pack was winning the battle in the middle of the field. I couldn't tell a single game. And it's telling because when we spoke in our prelim review about just how much Newcastle dominated this forward pack, and twice put 60 on them right. and it was all straight through the middle. They didn't even leave that channel. Um, it was just bang, bang, bang and hammer that door down. Um, we still need to see Crichton as a fullback. Like, it, it's an interesting year because... They lose Avrilo, who's probably one we haven't spoken about, but was, had probably his best year of first grade. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. you could probably consider him as trying like because when they did produce points, he was front and centre in probably a good 20% of them. Yeah, well, 12 line breaks. He was the best line breaks with 12. Um, I think he scored their most, the most tries. Uh, where are we? Um, but yeah, but most of their um, positive atta- uh, attacking stats, it was either Kiraz or Avarillo mm-hmm. that was involved in those. So. I really like Blake Wilson too. I don't know if he fits when they got Fox there, mm-hmm. whether Kiraz can move into a centre position. Man, probably can, but I think he's not capable. I think Perham, um, I think Perham and Kiraz are probably the two centres that you'd be putting in there. Crying at fullback and then try and get Wilson and Fox on the wing. Like that's yep. Yep. that's fine. That's yep. fine. Let's see what, but you need. They need to build from the middle back. Yep. Um, some I believe they're chasing Alex Twal. Good signing. Yeah. He's going to win your comps, but it's what they need. Someone no, that's going to you know get constantly the take the ball yeah. forward. Play and fast, play fast enough. Play the balls to get Reed going, and um, get him and Takiyahu in the middle of the field. Well, 
that's that's to start. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, even someone like obviously Clemmer's not on the market, but he'd be a prototype. Yeah, someone type like that. that you'd be looking at. Um. Yeah, I think Twiles actually probably should nearly be, and um, he's still on contract with Tigers, but they've told him if you can get a long term deal, he's welcome to go because I believe he's on more money than what people might think. I think on a seven hundred ish. When Jacob Preston was brilliant, he was yeah. their best player by an absolute. But mile. If, you, if you have a middle of Takiyahu, Twile, Preston King, uh, Kikau, and I think Preston could probably end up being that thirteen. I think he will. He does seem to have a little bit of a short passing game as well. And I think he put a couple of nice little grubbers in at different times during the year as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a bit of creativity in him that they haven't haven't tapped into yet. So So there's a little bit of positives. I I just think it's a big big year for Serraldo. It's a big year for how they're going to attack the game. Um, And what happens? See you, boys. All right, man. So, yeah. They're either going to – I think next year is either the springboard or not. Um, and I'm leaning more to not. Now, getting James – yeah, Salmon will go in there. He'll be a bench – yeah, do a solid enough uh, job off the bench. I don't I can't think of too many other signings. Because uh, um, Crichton and Salmon are really the only two major ones that stand out. Mm. Uh, anything to add on the Bulldogs? No, well, yeah, <laughs> They're already skinny on depth, and then Tavita Pangai, as you said, was a bit of a myth anyway. But um, he, he needs replacing, and I, I, I think they basically need half a forward. But they need that whole bench. They need four forwards to replace those four blokes that are sitting on the bench at the yeah. moment. So. Yeah, well, it's a fire sale at Manly. Maybe they can pick up a someone or other. I don't know. Sean Kepi. <laughs> anyway, they uh, we get to we go first rung up the ladder and get to the Titans. Who finished fourteenth this 14th, year? Yeah. With, nine, uh, wins. nine wins, fifteen losses, a points differential of minus one hundred and twenty-six. You completed quite well, fifth in the competition. Tackle efficiency again for a team that was their season really went upwards once they got rid of their coach. Like they, yes. they, they looked <laughs> they, like a they, completely different team once yeah. their coach. The left coach there. obviously just decided to come into the change rooms at halftime and. Remind him there's another 40 to go. Yeah, because that, that's exactly right. They were <laughs> playing 30 to 40 minutes at most, week in, week out, and just getting dominated at back ends of games. And, um, yeah, they <laughs> they grew another leg at the back end of the year and were actually quite competitive against some of the better teams towards the back end of the season. Uh, we Well, Dave Fafita Nelly blindsided us all and won the daggy. Nelly pulled off the daggy M upset there, but... Average uh, twenty four points four twenty seven against, not not the worst. That's but that's that's been their go to two years. Twenty six has been their par. <laughs> you know they're going to score twenty six every game, and if you get more, you beat them. Um, they're more than capable of conceding more, though. Yes. What um, any key stats or plays you want to touch on before we ask? Yeah, well, um, if you. Ineffective tackles, they were first. So, they, you know, they didn't fall off too many tackles. Uh, they were quite good defensively. Do we have a definition of ineffective tackles? Well, that's uh, basically when you're involved in a tackle and you're not there when it's completed. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so you've okay. Yeah, so you've fallen off tackles. Um, errors, yeah, were, that was pretty poor. It was about where they finished. There was one stat here that... Uh, missed tackles. They were third uh, on the list for missed tackles. So... Again, they're quite good defensively. The the biggest problem that I saw from them, though, was 
once they did get split out, on, especially on those edges, which we've always um, conceded to be a massive problem, they've got huge defensive problems in the outside backs. So as soon as they get split open out there, it generally leads directly to points for the for their opposition. So we had high hopes for Aaron Troop solving that. He yeah, did not. Did not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely did not. He was probably one of the first blokes that people were looking at to get removed from yeah. this side. Um which was unfortunate because he looked pretty good at the dogs as a defensive oh. centre, but um, yeah, did did not did not add a great deal out there for them in this one. Brian Kelly was probably the best of their outside backs actually for a bloke that's been maligned for a long, long time. Um, tackle bus fifth uh, with thirty five point three. That probably has a lot to do with Dave Fafita running a muck for a big time, big part of the the, the season. Well, he actually, he's surprising. He's one that surprised me. Philip Sammy, one hundred and three tackle bus this year. Yes. Uh, and had a, a very, very good attacking year, actually, uh, linking up on that edge. But Uh-oh. Security's arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Ninth in line breaks with five a game, uh, but post-contact metres, another one. The forward pack probably did underperform, for especially at the start of the season. Well, I don't think it did because... Well, well, yeah, it, it apart did, from it the did, two, it did, two but main guys. we said at the start of the year, and Cop scorned for it, that we yeah. said their bench was small and thin yes. and there's not a lot after the top three, and we were right. Yeah. So, yes, it underperformed. You had Fafita, but Fafita wasn't in the middle of the field. No. Fafita basically was a second centre who played out on that left mm. edge for the majority of it. Mo and Tino did shit tons of work in the middle of the field. but And Randall was their best tackler. So mm. when he was involved, he, he did a lot of the clean-up stuff in the middle of the field. But there, um, as soon as Tino and Mo got rotated in and out of this forward pack, their go forward really stopped. Yeah, which was a massive. And that was it. And and essentially, they had to play seventy minutes each to yeah. to, to exist. Look, we we did say <laughs> we've been crying for Fafita to get and do some grunt work, and I, I don't think I think just calling him another centre is a bit unfair. I think he was pretty good this year. No, just positionally, he oh, yeah, was yeah. he made his thirty odd tackles and yeah. he was making tackle bus scoring stats tries. Been up. They I were on last year. miles up on yeah. what he was last year. Like he was doing a lot of tackling, but that w- it wasn't in the middle of the field where they did seem to lack a lot of impetus yeah. at the start of the year. Where they were, um, yeah, as soon as Tino and Mo sort of got out of the way, David Feeder wasn't taking hit ups through the middle of the field. No, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and realistically, I think to be at their best, they they need a they need to find another prop. They could use a Takiyahu. 100%. And move Tino back to lock, and then that would become a formidable forward pack. Um, you mentioned Chris Randall. I thought he was fantastic. I he, mm. uh, and he was a tackling machine coming from Newcastle, but he was outstanding uh, all year, well, the back end of the year when he had to be. Yep. Uh, he was an absolute workhorse and started providing attacking options too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to touch on some more stats? Or oh, Carl Pereira had... Um uh, at times he floats in and out of games. Like there were some games where he wasn't involved at all, but then there's other games where he just looked like lightning every time he touched the ball and and left blokes for dead um, all over the place. Uh, Thirty line breaks for the year, uh, twenty tries, which was ninth on the list, and I think he only played about seventeen games for the season. So uh, had a very good strike rate out there on the on that left edge for for them. Uh, Tanner Boyd was quite good, I thought. Um, for a bloke who's always sort of a bit part player and, you know, in most places he's been, he took control of the Titans for a big part of this year mm-hmm. and was uh, was 
pretty good as a as their little general in the middle of the field there. Uh, tenth on points scored with 147, 69 goals to throw in on the top of that. Um, we already mentioned David Fafita, fifth with tackle bus, 130 tackle bus for the year. Um, he was yeah rampaging hard to stop at different different points through the year. And um, just again, another one on Tanner Boyd, sixth on kicking meters. Up near 10,000 yeah. kick metres for the and year. And he's a beautiful goal kicker too, like a clean kicker. He, yeah, Verrill's added something when he came back in, but again, out for a long part of the year. Uh, probably coincided when he, he came back in about when the coach went out, I think. So yeah, he was. <laughs> and he did really sort of lift up the tempo in the middle of the field and um, with some of that ball distribution there, so... Thought he was a, a, a someone that they can sort of build around as long as they can keep him on the field next year. I was sort of bullish on saying this was a. a the stats don't necessarily reflect it, but I thought Kieran Foran had a good year. I thought mm. he had his best year in played a very good role. Years. Yeah, absolutely. But fit his role, fit the role he he had to fit in this yep, team. Hundred percent. He um got the best out of his uh, out of Fafita and out of the other blokes around him. Yep. Uh, and he had those couple of games where he pinched a few tries along the way. I thought he added a lot to this team and um, I was only going to be bullish about saying it's like it was a resurgence of him, but it probably was. Uh, stayed fit for by and large. Uh, and parts of the year, yeah. Um, looked good. Like he's a player that a lot, the, the three teams underneath. Lovely short ball and a lovely short kicking game. Mm-hmm. Like the, that's been but the ultimately, crux of his um, career. There was a bit of scorn when they signed him, but he's a player that the three teams underneath the Titans. shoulders didn't drop would off. Would have, um, which... <laughs> All killed for, really. Yeah, we thought he might have had his shoulders blown off a yeah. few times during the year, but it, it didn't happen. Uh, very good, yeah, controlling short kicking game, short passing game. Jaden Campbell, I thought, mm-hmm. had a fantastic year, especially towards the back end of the year. He's very exciting every time the ball sort of goes anywhere in his direction. Um, a lot sort of towards the, the Reese Walsh mode, but a bit more direct through the centre rather than linking up on the edges, Does even he though he can do that. I'm, I've been saying for ever since I've seen him that I'd be playing him at six. Mm. His old man did it for <laughs> forever and a day, and um, he just he does really look like that suits him back through the middle of the field, changes of angles, short passing, short kicking. But um, whether they, you know, I I think once four and goes that that he is his position. Um, well, AJ was a bit of a disappointment, really. But at the start of the year, played, he was flying. He played 14 games. And and, um, he did have a lot of injury stop start Yeah, never really got going again. But I don't know if AJ could play centre. He probably could. But I don't know. It solves your, your edge concerns. No. I, th- I think you're right in that you just back AJ and give Campbell a chance to grow into the six role. Yeah. Could almost probably play seven if you're going to go down a, yeah, yeah. a path. Probably gets of, him a little bit um, less physical contact. Yeah, don't get in the, the Preston path. Gets him, much. Yeah, he doesn't get hit as much with the ball in the hand, I would imagine. But he's always going to be a target in defence because he's five foot two or whatever, mm. <laughs> whatever he is, and sixty kilos. But um, that's where you need your big back rowers to give him a hand. Um, Tino was fantastic. Gave away a few penalties, which you know he was high up on that list. But that's part of his game. He likes the niggle and the, the rough stuff in the mm. middle of the field. Probably should have given away at least four or five other penalties in the year when he broke a few jaws. Yeah, when he anyway. was, <laughs> he was smacking blokes in the face. Um, but yeah, Brian Kelly had a bit of a breakout year too, especially towards the back end of the year. A lot of, um, a lot of 
tackle breaking and try setting up tries for his his outside men. But yeah, they they've got look. Des is co- Des is coming in now. Less issues than a couple of the others, but yeah, Des is coming in. They should. Everyone we just talked about and wrapped should all mean this should be a good side. Yes, and 100%. what does Des change? The best Des has the coach teams. Are star driven, I would almost say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a little bit. I suppose that, yeah, a little bit. That's maybe not fair. Maybe it is fair. I don't know. Um, but relies on, you know, the, that rep of that mad scientist trying to get sort of something wacky out of a few players, mm-hmm. adding allegedly more of a grind to a team. Is this the right squad for him? He is. Um, he is very driven about going back through the middle of the ruck. He, yeah. is, a, he is a guy who does base a lot of that first three tackles being cemented through the middle of the field, Yeah, which they've got a couple of guys that can set that up, but they're another one that probably need a little bit of size to help with the rotation. Uh, I and Palacier is going up there, so that'll help. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Someone's going to go into the line and create a bit of footwork. Probably a good foil on the other edge for, um, for feeder, actually. Yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah, and another middle or two for mine would help, um, keeping Verrills fit for the entirety of the season and AJ Brimson, uh, that fact. I think if um, if they actually keep AJ and uh, Verrills on the field for more or three quarters of this season, they're probably pushing the top eight. And if Tino plays, or Tino missed five, Mo missed a couple, you know, you get a couple more games out of them, you, you only have to win one or two more and you're pushing the eight, aren't you? It feels like they should be. Um, next year's a big backup year for your Sammys and Kellys. I think yeah. it's do or die next year. Oh, that's a yeah. That's that's probably has been their biggest problem for the last couple of years, especially defensively out in those edges. I don't know whether they try to formulate a different type of defensive structure when it gets out there. Whether they just always slide or they always jam and just mm. back back themselves to cover it that way. Um, but they they do get very confused when the ball gets out to the. The centres and the wingers. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how much this goes back, because we talk about the uh, Roosters line defence. I wonder how, this, how much of that goes back to fullback communication. Like, I wonder if a maybe Teddy's just a genius yeah. and calls a lot of plays along the way to scramble for the retooks and maybe lack of continuities affects some of this team. Yeah. Anything else on the Titans? With, with the Roosters, their line defence for mine just seems that basically they slide. Yeah. They... they Move, uh, they move a couple of metres off their line, but they just follow the ball. And everyone follows the ball. There's no dropping off on the inside. There's no, you know, if we're sliding right, everyone's sliding right. And yeah. If they start to come back the other way, then we're going back the other way. And they don't jam as often as some of the other teams that seem to get caught out on the outside edges. So. And Penrith do the same. Penrith are just clear and concise. So if they're going left, if we're going right, we're going right. And back the bloke on the inside that if they have to change direction... We'll um, cover that shoulder. Um, yeah, any, yeah. Any else in the Titans? Eh? We've somehow got distracted there. Not like <laughs> us. <laughs> um, they need to concrete down that that fullback position, I think, and set Make up a call. A, it's usually what Des does, where he comes and just goes right. Campbell's the fullback. Set up a style of play of how they're going to involve them because they're the two biggest potent attacking weapons mm-hmm. for mine. Um, they can get by with the with your forens and your Tanner Boyd's playing in the halves as long as you've got that injection from mm. the back. 
and the 14 when the one of the other comes on as the 14 so yeah you, you get Randall and Verrills both on the field together well in that in, actually in that team one of them could play lock Verrills I think has played lock for uh, don't quote me this. I feel Randall's like he, played a bit I played of lock. like I feel like Verrills played lock for Roosters at times going back I'd, there. I'd be um more towards no, Randall. Randall and play as a link man um not, not this real time, but can to give that opportunity to have those couple on the field yeah. punching through there. Yeah. Uh, all right. And we will wrap up with the Dolphins, who debuted this year. Uh, and Good debut. Uh, did really? debut very impressively. It started Look, well. It, the Dolphins were – they came in and Bennett decided – and this was Wayne Bennett's worst ever result as a coach. Never, yeah, right. yeah, never finished this low on the table before, but – I'll call it a success, the Dolphin season. Uh, they don't. They feel like they belong. They feel like they're part of the comp. They feel like eventually they have a good enough squad. But this, they set out to build a side built on grit, determination, effort, and just backing up, backing up, backing up. When you do that, nothing wrong with doing that, but when you do that for the squad of the average age of 32 or 33, that, uh, that catches up with you. And that's what happened in this case, I think. 100%. Yeah, nine wins, uh, 15 losses, a for and against of minus 111. They averaged 27, uh, 21 points for and 27 points against, which was a common theme, obviously, against these teams down the bottom. Again, tackle efficiency quite good for a team so far down on the on the list. The handling, they were the best team with handling errors. Yeah, right. Uh, 17th on the list, which is the bottom of the list, but that means they had the lowest handling errors out of everyone, which is seven a game. Um, gave away, you know, five penalties a game, which isn't too bad either. Ineffective tackles, again, a good one. But um, their errors, they, they were the... Uh, errors, again, last on the list for errors. So they did the fundamentals very, very well. Um they hit the wall with a bit of creativity towards the back end of the year, and uh, their, their forward pack really seemed to fall off a <laughs> fall off a cliff after Origin. With um, I think there was some suspensions to Kafusi, uh, Kenny, and Jesse Bromwich both spent some time off the field, which really um, which really hurt them through the middle of the middle of the field. Uh, they ran thirteenth on their their kick meters and their running meters they were all sort of around where they finished on the on the ladder which was you know representative of sort of where they were i thought they were pretty dominant at the start of the year um especially their I forward feel like pack. This, i actually feel like this was a little bit like brisbane last year in that new club new coach mm-hmm. they all said they would have set out to win Had their goals win the eight yeah. eight of the first 12 games and then, and then you cement your spot. Then it doesn't matter. And now they can have a year where they can build into a comp. Because if they'd come out and not won a game until round seven, it would have been... Yeah, correct. Like, the end of the world for why do we ever do this and blah, blah, blah. So I think yep. they would have been more forward. Uh, and if you look through those results... And they and they were pretty comprehensive early on and played good footy, but it was through that physicality and grit that won them those games. Well, most of their team stats were middle of the road. Yeah. It was around the 10th to 8th position. Yeah. Which... Um, you know, Mary's up. They ended up a little bit lower than that, but that for mine came back to um, their halfback being out for half the year. 
because he was flying at the start of the year. <laughs> he came mm. up from Penrith, looked like one of the better fullbacks, run, uh, halfbacks running around in the competition. Uh, Katoa started with a bit of a spark at the start of the year, but he has his defensive inefficiencies and um, really wasn't creating enough. And that's when you saw Cody Nikarima come in towards the back end of the year and really light, light them up at different points. He was their sole sort of point of attack for mm. probably, what, 10 of the last 10 games yeah. that they played. Well, he was my – I'm trying to find a positive. Did we find a positive out of the Titans, Barney? Did you give me a positive there? Well, there's plenty of positives in David Fafita, Tino, Mo. Like, they've, they've yeah. got the, the bones and the structure there. They just – for mine, they, they need a, a, a structure in and around how they want to play the game more than uh, – how they're going to unlock yeah. other teams' defences more than anything else. Um, Nikarima and Izako were the – the resurgence of both those blokes was a story that the positive, the good news story. Of the I think Asako was probably the fucking story of the year, to be honest. Well, from where he came from at Brisbane to end up being the leading try scorer, leading point scorer, and he looked untouchable at times. Yeah, there was games where they just could not get hold of him. He was burning blokes on the inside, outside, pushing them off, jumping over the top of them, just scoring tries at will, and then kicking goals from the sideline. Another one that. You mentioned before that Tanner looks like a, just someone that's a pure goal kicker. Asako, when he, when he's kicking goals from the sideline, he looks like one of the best goal kickers in the competition. Yeah. Like, just so fluent in the way that the ball, the way he strikes the ball. It's been a fantastic year for wings because you know at, at times in the past we've been critical of wingers, you know, catch them all putting down. But Asako, Dallin, uh, Revalawa, Mazu, Mazu, Young, a million of them. Bontoto, Taruva. Uh, the, the work, like, what they do to score these tries is incredible. Like, and they're not just handed balls and shoveled over. They are working hard to get there. Um, Nick Arima, as good a player in the comp as digging into the line and playing behind the line once he's yes. half through. He just got a great ability to either he can offload or he can throw well, that. Throwing that, that split second three pass, pass just before the line. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it, it, he he was fantastic the last two months of fullback, centre, 5'8", dummy well, half, well, he, wherever he, they put him. He and, um, and Bennett said he's just a bloke he wanted in the team yeah. and probably the vote of confidence obviously Take helped. any position. Yeah. And um, he was right. He, he was right and forced his way into that starting six now. Hammer at times during the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a big streak there for probably, what, six or eight weeks where he just could not stop scoring tries, backing up through the middle of the field. Looked like one of the fastest players in the comp at different times when he, with yeah. the ball in hand, just burning burning past people. Uh, another big one, uh, another big tick for them. The ageing forward pack for mine is probably the thing that is that is the most worrying factor here. Well, um, it's first something when Mark Nichols leads your forward pack run metres with under 2,000 metres for the year. Like, that's a, a third lesson, like your clamours of the world, Ren. You... you, you when you compare actually the stats of these Ford packs, even to these are more Some of the comparable ones to them. Bulldogs yeah. and that, rather than a, a Titans and a Tigers one. hundred um, percent. Jared Wallace was brilliant, especially towards mm-hmm. the back end of the year and probably now the bloke that's going to need to lead this forward pack for the for the next five years. I dare say he'll be <laughs> rubber stamped as yeah. the, the forward pack leader. But the big, obviously... The big thing was to set out to make sure he had that brick wall in there yeah, yeah. to start this season. Absolutely. That wall's going to need to be replaced in the next two or yeah. three years. The, the biggest, the story of the Dolphins for me now is, yes, they went and he went, they're, they're building a culture. You're starting from scratch with culture, so you've got to manufacture a culture. Yeah. Um, so the, the next step now is the next two years that your Jesse Bromwich becomes your head trainer. 
yep. or your assistant coach, whatever it might be, your Mark Nichols tra- starts transitioning that way, your Kenny, uh, et cetera, et cetera, we need to see youth now. We haven't seen it yeah. yet. Well, you've um, got Lemuelu, who's going to be Lewis, yeah. the edge forward leader going forward. Wallace should probably fold into either yep. 13 or And they're getting Flegler, so Flegler's obviously a massive in. Yeah, massive in for the front row. But they probably still need to, uh, another two replacements in there for the likes of Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich yeah. uh, to, to take up those positions. They've probably got another year or two left in them, but they, you want to but be starting blood in the kids You'd want to see through. a Jacob Preston or a... Uh, um, Lindsay Smith or someone started hundred percent come through in the next. I can't year. I, I, I could not tell you a Dolphins forward that excites me. That's going to be there in five years' time. Apart from Connolly's, oh, yeah, 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 true. Yeah. Um, I think they'll probably stay stagnant for another year or two. To mm. be honest, um, obviously depends on what Wolf does when he comes in here and takes over from. Uh, That's happening from this year. Bennett. Is yeah, I'm pretty away. sure it's yeah. meant, to, meant to happen this year. Um, They've got some some fantastic X type, X factor type players in your Hamasos and Izakos out on in the outside edges. You and Aikens getting towards the back end of his career now, who did a fantastic job out there for them in centres and a bit of time at second row for them this year. He'll be second row next year because they've got Avrilo and Herbie coming in. Yep, you'd think logically. Absolutely, he goes to the back at row. At least Herbie goes in there. Yep, Avrilo. It's yeah, not stupid probably... signings, but if anyone's. It feels like a Bennett signing in it. He's just going, this boat can play footy. Yeah. And I'll work out what I do with him when, he when he gets here. Yeah. So uh, I still expect him to be sort of sniffing around this position somewhere between here and the eight for the next mm. couple of years. But I don't think you're going to see a massive improvement out of them. No. For a couple of years. Without knowing their junior Until base, they yeah. refresh their um, that front, their yeah. forward pack. Yeah. So. Uh, F. Sullivan do a fine job. Of that. I assume Nick Arima starts. They get Marshall King back. Marshall King was they very keep good. They Sullivan fit for the year and. Marshall King was, I thought he was the best hooker in the comp mm. for most of the year, to be honest. Yeah. Until the injuries at the back end of the year really sort of killed off the back end of his season. But for a big part of this year, I I was of the opinion of him being the best dummy half in the mm-hmm. game. And he's lost, him getting injured and carrying that injury coincided with the downfall. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, a few of the individual... Effort. They were last on kick meters, so that's something they really need to work on. But O'Sullivan brings that if he does get back into this team uh, for a big part of this next year. Their forwards, yeah, you, as you mentioned, they didn't really rate huge meters through the middle of the field, but consistently did a job. But they really need one or two guys that are going to be kicking that front door down mm. rather than just sort of doing the job through the middle of the field. Yeah, so. Flegler starting to feel like a big signing. Yeah, massive. Uh, someone who's they're someone gonna they can build on. that forward pack around for yeah. the for the rest of the year, yeah, or for the rest of the <laughs> rest of his career. I'd imagine they probably try to lock him down for the rest of his career. Yeah. So. Now I think you've probably covered that. Uh, any any other final thoughts on any of these teams? Are you going to touch on from the bottom five this year? Have you got a standout out of the bottom five? Any, <laughs> is there a player that you think that we will will see emerge over the next twelve months to be? Well, you've got a pin your hopes. That, you've I'd got probably a, say Flegler would be a big one. You've got to pin your hopes a little bit on Buller. Yeah, yeah, yeah with um, the Tigers. As being something. Uh, dogs, you've got one from the Dogs. dogs Blake, like, I do like Blake Wilson to go outside I the, think Carraz out is the mine. obvious. Uh, but Jacob Preston, he'll become the yep. leader there. Um, 
What happened to Harrison Edwards now? I just saw that. He had a couple of decent enough games. Yeah, yeah, and then he just sort of folded yeah. back into but, um, doing I, his Preston, work. look, Dragons are a tricky one because I don't have an answer. Yeah. Um, Lomax could be, Sloan could be. You should see if they do – he seems a little bit bullish Flanagan on trying Lomax in at fullback. Yeah. Maybe. He's got the physical attributes to do it. Yeah, it's, it, it all comes back. And to he probably has probably has a bit better um, uh, dedication and he's got a better aerial game, a bit, bit more well, effort he, in him than Sloan he, seems to have. He jumps better. Yeah. Uh, he's going to diffuse those sort of trick. You'd like to think those sort of trickier high balls. Um, Footwork is a bit stronger than Sloan, but yeah. Dragons is a tricky one. I don't know. Titans. Uh, what you see is what you get. The Titans three. It's yeah, and and Randall Tino, and, Ver- and sort of trying to get Randall Verrills. Um, Verrills is a big one up. for mine. Um, how they go next? Real clean, year. you know, best as good a service in the game. Really shore up that, uh, and not a lot coming in. It's tricky. It's tricky. Qatar, uh, big season for Katawa next year. Whether yeah, he, he ends up getting get a crack, yeah, he might not end up getting a crack. I dare say they probably start with Sullivan Ooh. and Cody now. But and very interesting to see what happens with the fullback role. Whether it, I say it they go back Hammer to Hammer, there. but Hammer was pushed out of there for Nicarima over the year. Um, if they go, I, I dare say, do they have Nicarima a crack at Averillo? Do they have a crack at Herbie? Wants to play fullback. Yeah. They're the ones I think. I think Herbie. I think if Herbie, I would love to see him have a crack at fullback. Uh, Dolphins can be something, but they're just obviously revisited all this again. Yeah. So anyway, I think, have <laughs> you got have year. you got any names across anyone from the Tigers, Bulldogs that I think is going to stand out? Or well, Stefano oh, yeah. needs to step up. Yeah, I think he could be absolutely you know one of the best front rowers in the game if he gets his shit together. Yeah. And he, he was going well for a four, four or five week period leading into Origin last year and I expected him this year to be one of the, probably the top ten forwards in the game and yeah, it was a bit disappointing mm. uh, to be honest. Appy's Appy. If, if anyone's going to make it work it'll be him yeah, as, uh, as uh, team take, captain. Take and, that as red. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, Bullard shows all sorts of signs of being a fantastic player. Um, Karaz is my big one for the Bulldogs. I think yeah. he could be a fantastic winger, centre. Uh, going forward, he's not shy of doing all the all that hard shit. Um, you mentioned Jacob Preston. He, he's a, a gun in waiting. He looks like someone who will have a 13, 15-year career and just tackle his ass off. And Outside of Appy... Uh, bit of ha- creativity. We, we yet to see anyone leave that Penrith empire and kick on. That was a big year for Stephen Crichton. Yeah, Crichton, Luai. I think there's a lot in. Uh, not Luai, uh, Lenu. Yeah. I think there's a lot of untapped potential in Lenu. Absolutely. Just yeah. saying, like, we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. The, the blokes that leave and. Um, team yeah, no, 100%. Haven't, no. None of them have gone and. No. Become Nico. Look, look at what Nico down. did leaving, you yeah. know, having yeah. become Nico. So. Well, Torhu going from Melbourne. Oh, Melbourne. I think yeah, he's like sure. the only bloke that's ever kicked on leaving fucking Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Nico did win a Dell M, so there's a couple. <laughs> True. Uh, anyway, we're waffling now, so we let's get out of here. Now. Next, so next year we'll be next week. We'll be back to look at the seagulls, cowboys, the eels, and the bunnies. That should be a lot of fun, actually, getting into that. Holy shit, that's a shit show. That, that is, is a shit show. So <laughs> you leave your thoughts below about uh, your thoughts on their seasons. How Thanks. the hell are we going to pull that apart? Anyway. Get Dana on board and Dama. <laughs> um, anyway, thanks for listening. Hopefully, it hasn't been too bad. And uh, of course, when we get to the start of next year. We'll do our intercept 
in-depth um, preview Previous. and talk about it yeah, because a lot, a lot changes since then. Uh, between now and then, uh, of course, we're about three weeks away from our bold prediction show too, so you can send in some stuff for that. Let us know your wackiest prediction that may or may not come true, and I've got to go back and see who might have won that this year. Oh, yeah, we've got to do that. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, guys, and uh, we'll be talking uh, this time next week. Bye-bye. Good night.